Welcome to Real Estate Milestones, where we explore fascinating topics in commercial real estate with knowledgeable industry experts. I'm your host, Ben Malik, and I'm a young real estate professional who is passionate about adding value to people's lives through the incredible power of real estate. My goal is to help you discover what the heck is going on in the industry and how you can get involved. This is Real Estate Milestones, where your future in real estate lies just around the corner. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Real Estate Milestones. Today, we have Jay Connor on the show. He's a private money lender, and he's the private money authority. He's going to tell us all about how to raise private capital and why one may want to do that, why you possibly should do that, and how one could do that. So, Jay, thanks for coming on the show. Well, hey, Ben. Thank you so much for inviting me to come along and talk about my favorite subject, which is private money, the vehicle the strategy to where you'll never miss out on a real estate deal for not having the funding. Perfect. Well, before we get into the exciting strategy you, um, you're an expert in, could you tell us about your first milestone in real estate? Actually, yes. My first milestone was private money. I had been investing, and in fact, my wife, Carol Joy, and I here in Eastern North Carolina, We've been investing full time in real estate, single family houses primarily. I've done commercial deal as well. Got a shopping center we built from the ground up. But anyway, we've been full time in real estate since 2003, Ben. And for the first six years, from 2003 to 2009, for six years, we relied on the local banks, institutional money to fund our real estate deals. That's all I knew. Never heard about private money, private lending, that type of thing. And my first milestone being in real estate was actually the biggest blessing in disguise I've ever experienced. I remember it like it was yesterday, Ben. I was sitting here at my desk and I called up my banker and his name was Steve. And believe it or not, here in Eastern North Carolina, we actually still have landline telephone numbers with cords that attached to these receivers. Anyway, so I called up my uh, banker, Steve, in January 2009, after being in this business for six years. And I told him, Ben, about these two deals that I had under contract, these two houses, and they represented over $100,000 in profit. And after doing business with Steve for six years, Steve told me right there and then on the telephone that my lines of credit were gone, like shut down with no notice. And I said, Steve, what are you talking about? I had an 800 credit score. We'd never been late on payments for six years. And now I've, I've been shut down and, and my lines of credit are gone. I said, what's the problem? And he says, well, Jay, don't you know, we have a global financial crisis going on right now. So banks just aren't loaning money out to real estate investors anymore these days. And so I didn't know that we had a global financial crisis going on, but now on that conversation, I've got my own financial crisis going on. I've got these two deals to fund and no way to fund them. I was counting on Steve, the banker. And I tell you what, Ben, my definition of coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous in less than two weeks, I was introduced to this world of private money and private lending. And I'm not talking hard money and hard lending. I'm talking about private money, doing business with individuals that loan us real estate investors money from either their investment capital and or their retirement funds. 
So I learned about private money. I put my private money program on steroids and been in less than 90 days, I was able to attract without asking anybody for money. I was able to attract $2,150,000 in funding of private money. And I was able to close those two deals. And you know what? Since that time, Ben, in January, 2009, my milestone in this business, I've never missed out on a deal for not having the funding. And today, my wife, Carol Joy, and I, we've got 44 private lenders across the nation in 10 different states that are funding our deals. And you know what, Ben? Due to private money, I got a big problem. I got more money than I can use, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've got, I've, I've got a lot of friends that, you know, teach and train and coach real estate investors and They'll say something like, oh, just get the deal under contract, get the property, get the house, whatever under contract, and the money will show up. Like, where is the money going to show up? Is it just like going to rain out of the clouds or whatever? So I say get the money lined up first. There's always going to be deals everywhere all around you. Get the private money lined up first. Then you, I mean, think about, imagine how much more confident, how many more offers you're going to make because you got hundreds of thousands of dollars burning a hole in your pocket, ready to fund your deals. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us about those first deals and how you first use um, private money and you know how, I guess, by telling us about that experience, kind of explaining how the situation or how private money works in terms of the relationship you have with the lender? Sure. Well, the, what the relationship that I have with my private lenders is this, first of all, I make the rules. You as the real estate investor, you make the rules, you make your own private lending program. As far as what you're going to offer, what you're going to pay. You see, Ben, as you know, the traditional way of doing business with a lender is you go to the bank, you get on your hands and knees, you put your hands under your chin, and you say, please give me a mortgage. Please loan me money. Please fund my deal. That's crap. Good <laughs> night. Look, in this world of private money, we're not asking anybody to fund our deals. In fact, I've never asked anybody for money. When my private lenders, I teach them. My, so that's, that's the secret right there, my relationship with my private lenders. How do you, how have I attracted millions of dollars in private money? And I have funding ready all the time for my deals. How is that? I teach them my program. They tell me how much they have ready to go. They tell me whether it's retirement funds or if it's investment capital or both. If it's retirement funds, then I'm going to introduce them to the self-directed IRA company that I do business with where they can transfer those retirement funds over tax-free, penalty-free to the self-directed IRA company and then fund my deals. So anyway, I get them all set up, ready to go. I know how much money they've got to work with. And you see, I set the rules. I set the interest rate. I set the frequency of payments. And so they, I teach them the program. They love the program. And so now I tell them, Ben, I'll go find you a deal just as soon as possible to put your money to work. So how does the relationship work? I know how much they got. How do I get them to fund my deal? And I don't even ask them for the money. Well, here's what happens. 
I've taught them the program. I know how much money they got, 250, 500,000, 750,000, whatever it is. And I call them up, Ben, and here is the exact script. I call them up and I say, let's say, Ben, let's pretend you're my private lender. And I've got you in the queue. And now you've risen to the top. And now you're next in line. I'll care if I say, hey, Ben, how you doing? How's the weather up there in Washington, D.C.? What you going to do for Thanksgiving? Chat, 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 chat a little bit. And then here's a script. I'll say, hey, Ben, I got great news for you. I've now got a house over here in Newport with an after repaired value of $200,000. The funding required for the deal is $150,000 and closings next Thursday. So you need to have your money wired to my real estate attorney next Wednesday. End of conversation. I might be buying that house for $100,000, which I do all the time when rehab is required. That's 50% of the after repaired value. That's why I always bring home a big check when I buy. I never bring any of my own money to the closing table. Hello, who wants to get paid to buy houses, right? I bring home 30, 40, $50,000 checks all the time when I buy properties and take none of my own money to the closing table. So again, it's step one, know your program. And I say, just duplicate mine. Number two, teach it. Number three, you know who's got money, who you're going to call up next. You call them up with great news. You give them those facts and you don't ask them if they want to fund the deal. If I ask them, do you want to fund this deal? That's like the most stupid question I could ask. Of course, I know you want to fund the deal. You've been waiting for me to call you to put your money to work. And so I call you up. I tell you what's needed, when it's closing, and you need to have your funds wired by next week. So I didn't ask you if you wanted to fund the deal. I know you want to fund the deal because you're waiting for my phone call. So I tell you what to do. Boom. So that's how do you how the relationship how you, works? So how do you choose the interest rate for your your deals? How do you know you know what the the accurate um, reward is for the, a given risk of a property? How how do you um, advise someone to do due diligence and and do the the analytical aspect? So I pay a straight eight percent. I've been paying a straight 8%, either no payments, let the interest accrue, or if they need monthly payments, I'll pay them monthly payments. Some of our elderly private lenders need the monthly payments, but guess what? If you're bringing home a big check when you buy, whose money are you using to make their monthly payments initially? So I pay a straight 8%. Now, mortgage rates have gone up significantly over the last few months. Have I gone up? To what I'm paying my private lenders? No. I had a couple of private lenders call me up and say, Jay, are you going to pay me more interest and more, you know, you know, uh, APR and your percentage rate since mortgage interest rates are going up? And here's my answer. Mortgage rates traditionally for end users that are buying houses and et cetera, are driven by the Federal Reserve. I'm not the Federal Reserve. I pay my private lenders in correspondence in correlation to what they can get at the local bank or credit union for a 12-month certificate of deposit. Did you know, Ben, as of two weeks ago, is the last time I checked it, the local bank and credit unions on average are paying 0.97% for a 12-month certificate of deposit. Zero. 0.97%. So when I pay a, a private lender 8%, that's a little more than eight times more money 
than they can earn at the local bank. So um, my the couple of private lenders that called me up recently, I went over that with them. I said, so you can continue to get 8% from me, or I'll be glad to replace your private money with another one of my private lenders. And you can put your money in the local bank and get 0.97%, less than 1%. Which would you rather have, 8% or 1%? What do you think they decided? Yeah, and yeah, it seems like you definitely would want 8%, but uh, a CD has zero risk. Would you say there's there's risks to private money lending? And um, you know what happens if someone can't pay you back? There's risk in everything you do, right? There's a risk in walking outside your door and getting in your car. But we mitigate the risk for the private lenders. First of all, we do not borrow unsecured money. My private lending program for real estate is a whole lot less risky than the stock market. For example, you invest in a stock or you invest in mutual funds. Well, the value of that investment goes up and down. The value of that investment goes up and down. Um, in this program, there, the, the principal loan amount remains the same until you cash out and pay it off. So our private lenders don't have to worry about them losing any value in that principal loan amount. They know exactly what their rate of return is going to be. Secondly, as I said, we're not borrowing unsecured funds. The real estate that they are loaning money on is backing their note. You know, when you invest in stocks and mutual funds, the only thing you got is a piece of paper. You, you got like no recourse, zip, zero. In this program, if you, as the borrower, if you do not pay your private lender, here's a writer downer. The property does, because you see, they've got a mortgage in North Carolina. It's called a deed of trust that collateralizes the note. So guess what? If you don't pay them, they get the property. And since we do not borrow more than 75% of the after repaired value, they're going to make more money on that property than the interest we would pay. Now the private lender does not want the property back. That's why they're a private lender. They want to be totally passive, right? But they are protected by the mortgage. They can foreclose if you don't pay them. Secondly, they're named as the mortgagee on the insurance policy. So there's ever a claim on that property. Their name is named on the insurance check along with yours. So they've got to sign off on that insurance, uh, insurance check. They're named on the title policy as an additional insured in case there's any title issues. So they are, and we're not borrowing more than 75% of the after repaired value. So it's like they got a 25% equity cushion between what the property is worth from the time you put it on the market versus what they've loaned out on it. So they're protected on so many different levels over and beyond, say, just investing in the stock market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um, so you kind of touched on it, but I guess in terms of the motivations for being a private money lender, you know, how would you think about that? You know, how would you say, or, you know, why would someone decide they want to be a private money lender? You know, why would they want to let someone else use their money rather than themselves invest it in, in real estate? Well, there's some big reasons. 
as to why an individual would want to be a private money lender. Number one, it's a great way to be passive. They don't have to go find deals. They don't have to negotiate deals. If there's rehabbing or renovations in process uh, needs to be done, they don't have to oversee that. They don't have to sell. All they do is sit back, do nothing, and earn high rates of return safely and securely. There's three more big reasons. Number one, a private lender wants to be your private lender because number one, they're going to make a lot of money, right? They're going to make a lot of money compared to what they can get in the local bank. Secondly, their investment with you is secure and it's safe. So first of all, it's secure because we're not borrowing unsecured funds. We're giving them a deed of trust or a mortgage to collateralize the note. It is safe because it's a conservative investment. How is it conservative for your private money lender? It's conservative because, again, we're not going to borrow more than 75% of the after-repaired value. And then thirdly, their principal investment is not volatile. The value of their investment is not volatile. And what am I doing? I'm contrasting our private lending program to the stock market. You see, the principal loan amount remains the same until cash out. The private lender knows exactly what their rate of return is going to be, and they don't have to worry about any value diminishing from that investment in contrast to the stock market. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so why would I want to, as a borrower who's doing a, well, I guess, first of all, what kind of deals would you say private money usually um, works for? Is it usually fix and flips or or what, what kind of deal structure is it usually um, suited for? That's a great question, Ben. So what type of real estate deals do you use private money for? And here's the answer. Any kind of real estate deal that require that the seller requires all the cash period. So do you need private money to buy a property subject to the existing note? No. If the seller's behind on their mortgage payments, you can use private money to bring those payments current. Uh, you use private money for single family houses where the seller requires all the cash, which is the majority of sellers. In commercial, self-storage. If you're buying a self-storage facility and you want to ramp it up and you want to increase the ROI and you want to fix it up and then you want to flip that self-storage, you're using private money unless the seller of the self-storage um, facility will owner finance. So you're going to use private money, again, for single family, for commercial deals, small apartments, et cetera, when the seller requires all the cash. Mm -hmm. And so as a borrower, why would I want to use private money versus, um, you know, other signs of, of mortgages, especially given that, you know, sometimes it might be more expensive to have private money or, um, you know, there might be other reasons, but I'm curious, you know, what goes into thinking about it as, as a borrower? Absolutely. Well, the list is long as to why we as real estate investors want to use private money versus institutional money or banks, commercial lenders, right? So let me dive in. The list is long. Number one, we make the rules. We set the interest rate. 
we set the term, right? When I was borrowing money from the banks, they made the rules. So number one, we set the rules. Number two, there's no limit to the amount of money I can borrow. There's no limit to the amount of private number of private lenders I can have, right? When I was borrowing money from the bank, I had a limit. I could only borrow up to $1 million at the time. Well, when that was used up, I couldn't have any more money for funding, right? Well, in this world of private money, there's no limit to the number of private lenders you can do business with. So there's no cap on the number of deals that you can do. Next reason is fast closings, fast closings. So, you know, under traditional money, I mean, you know, borrowing an institutional money, there's appraisals you got to wait on. You know, we don't even have to get appraisals in this world of private money. We use the Realtors CMA, Comparative Market Analysis. So I make offers to close real estate deals in seven days, seven days. You can't move that fast with institutional money, but with a motivated seller, you can close much, much quicker. Another big reason is in this world of private money, I never have to bring any of my own money to the closing table. Traditional money, institutional money, banks, they want what's called skin in the game. They want skin in the game. The only skin I put in this game is the real estate in between my ears. I know what I'm doing. I got the experience. I know how to protect everybody. So I don't have to bring any of my own closing. I mean, any of my own money to the closing. On top of that, Ben, I always bring home a big check when I buy and take none of my own money to the closing. I mean, who wants to get paid to buy real estate without bringing any of your own money to the closing? Um, so again, the list is long, but those are the big reasons right there. Also using private money, I get multiple paydays. I get a money, I get money when I buy without bringing any of my own money to the closing table. If I sell creatively a house on lease option or rent to own, I can get a large non-refundable lease option deposit. I get another check when I cash out and I sell the property. So that's another big reason I love private lenders is because I receive multiple checks on every transaction that I do. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a deal go wrong as a private money lender? And like, how do you deal with that kind of situation? That's a great question. So first of all, every one of my private lenders on every deal that we've done, which by the way, I've rehabbed over 450 houses now here in a small market of only 40,000 people in Carteret County and Craven County, North Carolina. Every one of my private lenders have gotten every cent that was due to them. And that's since 2009 that I've been doing private money. So how is it that they have been paid on time and gotten every cent that was promised to them? It's because of how we buy the properties. And secondly, I'm not borrowing more than 75% of the after repaired value. Now, have my rehabs ever gone over budget? Every one of them, every one of my renovations have gone over budget from what I thought it would cost. But that's why the magic and why this business works is not in getting repairs estimated 100%. It's in the offer. It's in what you're buying that property for. So again, take care of your private lenders, 
Don't borrow more than 75% of the after repaired value. Give them a great equity cushion. Buy your properties right. Know exactly what your formula is. Emotions never make the buying decision. It's the math. The math always makes the buying decision as to what's the maximum that you should pay for any property. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And um, the last question I want to ask you for um, the lightning round is I know there's a, there might be a distinction between private money and hard money. You know, I've heard them use interchangeably at times, but it sounds like you may have a distinction you want to create. I'm, I'm curious what that would be. Yeah. Big difference between hard money and private money. So by the way, I've got great friends that are hard money lenders. So most of the time, a hard money lender is a broker of money. They go out and raise private money from individuals, just like we're talking about here. And those individuals <clears throat> invest in the hard money lenders fund. Then the hard money lender will make those funds available to us real estate investors. Most hard money lenders make their money two ways. Number one, by charging origination fees or points at closing. In this world of private money, there are no points. There are no origination fees. I've never paid to a private lender any origination fees or points. Zero. That's a big difference right there. Another big difference between the hard money lender and private lenders is hard money lender rates are much more than private lenders. Right now, the national average for hard money lenders is almost 14%. Some are less, some are more. I'm paying 8% to private lenders. Uh, again, we make the rules. The hard money lender is going to pull you credit. My private lenders have never pulled my credit, right? Uh, what's another big difference? Here's a big one, Ben. How much will a private uh, hard money lender advance to you at closing when you purchase the property? Most hard money lenders are not going to give you more than 65 to 80% of the purchase price no matter how good your deal is in this world of private money. Not only do I get a hundred percent of the purchase price, but I get a hundred percent if there's renovations involved. And since I can borrow up to 75% of the after repaired value, I'm always bringing home a check that can help me on carrying costs or any way I want to use it in the business. Private money is the quickest way to your first or your next real estate deal without bringing any of your own money to the closing table. The bottom line again is private money versus hard money. You make the rules, not the lender. Mm -hmm. Yes, it makes sense. And I know with um, the, the hard money funds that the lender and the, the investors who are the private money lenders who give the money to the hard money lenders, um, they get paid less than you pay the hard money. There's a spread between the lender and the borrower, but with private money, it sounds like it's a direct link between the lender is the person who knows me and we have a direct relationship and all Absolutely. the money I pay him goes to him. So yeah. Uh, so private money, the private lender is an individual. It's a human being, by the way, you can use more than one private lender secured by the same property. I do it all the time. We just watch and make sure we don't have a total loan to value adding up the private lenders notes more than 75% total loan to value of the value of the property. So yeah, doing business with a private lender, there's no middle person involved. It's a straight one-on-one -on -one transaction between you, the real estate investor and your private lender.
Perfect. So you ready for the lightning round? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, <laughs> I have no, I don't even know what a lightning round is. I think I'm getting ready to find out. Yeah. Well, it's a surprise. It's uh the questions get increasingly harder. So I hope you're ready. <laughs> All right. I'll do my best. Let's see. So the first question is if you could have any superpower, what would it be? My superpower, my superpower would be knowing my private lending program so well that I, it can be conversational. I'm not selling, begging, chasing, trying to persuade anybody. So my confidence level is super high and you're, and you need not you Ben, but your listener needs that same confidence level in order to project. So my superpower is making people totally feel comfortable in doing business with me and my team. And so exuding confidence because, you know, a private lender doesn't want to do business with anybody that's not confident in themselves, right? So get confident so you can attract the money so you don't have to chase it. So what is your favorite book or what's the one that's helped you the most? Oh, my lands. When I was 24 years old, Ben, I was in a very, very dark place. I had no friends. My family didn't even want me to come around. And life was miserable. And I said, you know, there's got to be a better way. So I went to the bookstore. I went in the personal development um, section and I bought a book. And the name of the book is University of Success by the author's name is Og Mandino, M-A-N-D-I-N-O, Og Mandino, University of Success. It's still in print. That book turned me around 180 degrees, fixed my mindset, and my life hasn't been the same since. Great. So what motivates you to continue every day? What motivates me to continue, I can tell you, is not money. And in fact, every time I've gotten involved in a venture or an opportunity in my entire life, and, my, and the primary motivation was money, I failed miserably. So I tell my fellow real estate investors all the time, you need to know why you are a real estate investor. Of course, do you want great returns? Of course you do. But what's your higher calling? What's your higher purpose? So what motivates me and my wife, Carol Joy, getting out of bed every morning is first of all, having a servant's heart and wanting to make an impact and a difference in other people's lives. And that's the same way with our real estate investing business. I want to serve my private lenders. I want to serve my sellers. So what motivates me is make is, is being able to have the opportunity and to act on the opportunities to make a difference and an impact in your life. Awesome. So what advice would you give to someone who has to follow in your footsteps? Don't go about real estate investing when you're starting by yourself. Don't do what I did. The first six years I was out here real estate investing and all I had done was read books. I had nobody to call. I had nobody to lean on. So align yourself that has already been through the minefield. They know how to protect you from making big, costly mistakes. Because I tell you, you're going to make mistakes. So work with somebody that's already got the proven success record 
that can be your coach or be your mentor, and it will save you thousands and thousands of dollars in mistakes. So don't start out this by yourself. Perfect. So since I put you on the spot, I want to give you a chance for revenge. So what's one question you have for me? One question I have for you, Ben, why do you have this podcast? What's your intention? Why are you, why are you a famous podcaster? <laughs> well, my, I guess the, the original reason was so I could have an excuse or a reason to speak to real estate professionals in the industry and ask the questions I want to learn and, um, you know, learn a lot from you and other experts. Um, but, but for real, in terms of why, why a podcast, um, the fact that Mike, I can ask these questions I'm curious about, and I know there's other people who listen to the podcast who are also interested in learning from the same experts, or maybe they haven't heard about private money lending before. And, you know, I could ask questions that they'd want to learn. And it's, um, it's really awesome to be able to help other people understand what's going on in this industry and different ways that they can get involved. And uh, it's uh, it just all connected into this great, you know, web of, of a network of, of people who all are curious and love to learn. And, um, you know, everyone is, who is involved is better off for it. So it's, uh, it's very, um, it's been a very great experience so far. And I'm looking forward to many more years of, of uh, learning. Awesome. That's a great reason to have a podcast. It's, it's all about giving back, all about giving back. Absolutely. It feels great to help people. Um, well, on that, I would love to hear where more people could, or where people could find out more about what you do and, um, you know, where they can learn more about private money lending. Absolutely, Ben. Thank you so much. And I tell you, I'm so excited about my brand new private money guide that I just recently finished writing. And it's called seven reasons why private money will skyrocket your real estate business and help you build incredible wealth. And this book is free to download. This book will get you on the fast track to private money, get you bringing home checks every time you buy a property, putting you in control of your business. And you can download this private money guide for free at www.jayconner.com forward slash money guide. Again, that's Jay Connor, and I'm an ER, not an OR, www.jayconner.com forward slash money guide. Awesome. Well, it sounds like a great resource and appreciate you telling us, telling everyone about private money lending. It's definitely um, very interesting and, and something that is worth knowing in the industry, especially if you, you know, need to find some capital for investing. So I appreciate that. Jay, I hope you keep making milestones and everyone else keep making milestones. Before you go, I just wanted to say thanks again for tuning in to another awesome episode of Real Estate Milestones. If you've been enjoying the show and you'd like to offer your support, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to increase the show's visibility and help the message get out to a greater audience. I really appreciate your time and support and keep making milestones. The information provided on this podcast is intended to be educational and informational only and is not considered to be formal legal advice. The listener should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Any listener in need of legal opinion upon which to rely in decision-making should consider formally engaging an attorney to review relevant facts in detail and examine the pertinent law as it applies to those facts.